Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. We've got some great stuff coming up this week. We're going to hear from the International Falls Bass Championship champions, the uncle-nephew team of John and Chase Peterson. That's coming up tomorrow. Later on today, we will hear from the runners-up and the champions at the Professional Muskie Tournament Trail event here in the Bemidji area this past weekend. But up first, another great conversation with a really good guy, Nate Blazing of SNW Guide Service, joining the show to talk Brainerd Lakes fishing. Hey, Nate, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kev. Great to be here. Thanks for being letting me be on again. Oh, absolutely. Well, we we got a we got a lot of weird things going on this summer in fishing, Nate. Uh, obviously, you know that more than I do. Um, one of the, th- the things has been just really, really hot weather, and that has made uh, the water temps crazy to the point that uh, guys going after muskies and other bigger fish even took some time off. Where are we at in that regard now? Yeah, it, it has cooled down a little bit. Uh, yesterday, I believe, on the bigger bodies of water, our surface temps were still around that 75-degree range, which, again, we were pushing right around 80 for quite a while, and that's where a lot of the muskie guys kind of called their quits for a little bit for you know to help take it easy on the fish. So it cooled down a little bit. Uh, warm back up a little bit and now we're kind of status quo and i think pretty much all fishermen at this point are lamenting for fall and we need to get those water temps down to get the bite more consistent and all that stuff so enough of this warm stuff bring on fall as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yeah i think most people are feeling that way when it comes to fishing certainly um yeah that that those warm water temps have, have made things very strange and, and hard to deal with the other thing of course is the water levels uh, we have been in a serious drought like i've never seen in my adult life um and that has really changed things up here i'm assuming you got the same issues down in brainerd yes uh about the worst well absolutely the worst i've ever seen it in terms of water levels um there's a couple lakes that I would say are down close to that four-foot range that don't really have much of an inlet outlet. I was up on Whitefish here the other day, and that's a chain of lakes that you go through little channels to get into, and it, it was scary. Um, there's about a foot of water to get through those now, mm. and it's real treacherous to the point, you know, a lot of places that we've ran in the past where you're five, six feet of water, you've got to get off a plane and trim your motor way up and you're still hitting sand and stuff so it, it is amazing how low these lake levels are every time we get rain right now you know it brings a smile to our face even if that means we have to push back a trip or something like that i think everyone's in the same position um seeing a lot of boat owners and, and people already removing their boats and their docks from the lakes for the year just I, again worried to have enough water to get that stuff out and i've heard some people on some lakes already can't so Hopefully we continue to get some more rain, but yeah, that's kind of the big talker up here is the lake levels right now, and um, it's pretty crazy. Well, there's so many things it affects. All the things you just mentioned on a practical day-to-day basis on the water in a boat, Uh, but certainly it, it affects where the fish are, and it could have some really serious impacts if things don't change. Once winter comes, ice gets over. If we get snow and there's not a lot of oxygen in the lakes, it could get really nasty. Yeah, I was actually surprised this year with basically having three months of August, and like you said, with the water temps being as high as they were, um, I thought we'd have some more fish kills in terms of the tulipy and that kind of stuff. But honestly, I can't say I really saw any of that on our major lakes in the Brainerd area, um, which was surprising. It 
did do some weird stuff to the bait supplies. So leeches are now pretty hard to come by if you can find them at all. The lack of runoff in the rivers and creeks for trying to get minnows for the trappers, that's been an issue. So like you said, it's a really overarching issue that is affecting everything. Um, back to the water temps, what we've seen that do is it finally pushed all that bait fish out about two weeks ago out of the weeds. So most of your predator fish then followed those bait fish, perch, and so forth on the outside edge. So now that's kind of, you know, before you were doing a lot of bobber fishing and that kind of stuff for walleyes, bass, now you can finally mark them, you follow the bait fish, you find all the fish, and they're all kind of relating together. So, How are the bites overall right now? Um, about as consistent as Mother Nature is, honestly. <laughs> um, so... You know, we talked off air a little bit about the ups and downs of guiding, and you like stability. You like to have an idea. If I go to Lake X, I'm going to be able to, you know, scratch out so many fish, or this is biting, or that. Or this year's been such a crapshoot. Uh, example of that was Saturday. We had that hard cold front come in, crazy windy. I had clients for an all day, and I was worried if we were going to catch a fish. Hmm. best day by far that I've had the entire year to the point where we <laughs> went through four dozen minnows and ran out and we had to end the trip because I ran out of minnows for the first time. Go out the next day when it gets warmer and you could hardly buy a bite from a walleye. So that has encapsulated this year, I guess, altogether. It's, it's really messed with your mind. You know, you got to stay positive, but it, it's hard at, the, at this point this year. Well, you know, walleyes are such finicky fish in the best of times. You know, in a year like this, it, it's you wonder how it's going to be. But up here, you know, I was surprised at how solid the bite remained until about a week ago, two weeks ago. And then we got into, you know, uh, dog days. So um, we're yeah. scrambling now to try to find bites. Well, and, and I would say we're pretty similar in the Brainerd area here. It was probably three weeks ago. A little earlier than I thought, the walleye bite actually picked up, which I thought maybe this is an early fall bite starting. And we had about a week and a half to two-week period where it was pretty darn good and consistent, uh, really nice fish, good numbers. And then as soon as it got warm again, that's kind of when things changed. And every day it got warm, that bite just took another step down, down, down. And so it's, again, I think a lot of this is weather-related. The fish are confused, doing different stuff, so... Uh, we need those water temps to drop about 10 degrees, and I think that'll get stuff a little more stabilized and the bite will get going again, ready for fall, you know, the metabolism going and getting ready for the winter stuff. So as a guide, even in, you know, good years, uh, August can typically be tough uh, into September before the fall bite really kicks in. So well, how does a guide, how do you respond to that when you got clients who, who are wanting fish? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you just keep keep on going, keep on doing it. So I personally like to cover a lot of water, uh, so run and gun. Um, you know, once you figure out the depth of the fish, then you're, you're hitting several different spots, different techniques, trying to see, you know, active fish versus non-active fish. A lot of times the depth will have a relation to that. Usually your shallower fish are more active feeding. So we usually only give, you know, 15 minutes to half an hour on a pot of fish. And, you know, if you're not getting anything, you're, you're moving. So you're, you're going through a lot of different places, lots of different schools of fish usually. Um, 
if they want walleyes and the walleyes aren't going, you always throw out there, hey, do you want to change it up just to bend the rod? Because usually, like you said, bass, northern are a little more easier to catch many times. So uh, an example of that is I had a client for two different days. It was a dad, and he took his one daughter one day with her husband, the other daughter and her husband the next day. First day, we hit it out of the park. I think we had 12 walleyes, three of which were in that 30-inch class range, so monsters, which never happens. Mm, wow. Uh, and so then that next day, you know, they were all excited about that. Next day, I've got the other daughter and her husband out. Seven hours into a trip, we did not have a fish in the boat, and I'm feeling real small, <laughs> real crappy. But the guy looks at me, he goes, Nate, you know what you're doing. You showed me that yesterday. You just do your thing. Well, that last half an hour of the trip, the fish finally decided to go, and I think we got five walleyes and four pike in a matter of half an hour. So that's just how fishing works, as hard as it is, but that's the reality of it, and I think that's the love-hate thing that keeps you driving <laughs> and keeps you trying new things, as frustrating as it can be. Are there any stable bites uh, out there right now? What fish are, are the most active? Uh, the bass bite has been pretty good. Again, most of the fish we're getting actually is while we're fishing walleye. So in that, let's say, 13 to 16 foot range and some really nice bass. You're over, your, your average bass right now that we're getting are, you know, 16 to 18 inches, really nice ones. Um, again, the walleye bite had been pretty good up until a couple days and it's, it's really day to day at this point. So, I'm hoping that picks up again. The key, I would say, for the walleye bite is wind. Like we always say, if you get some good wind, you can usually scratch something out. Um, would love to see a couple days of west wind. That usually gets them pretty active. The pike are still pretty aggressive. Uh, those smaller fish are weed-related in that you know 9 to 15-foot range. If you're looking for the big pike, with these water temps, they're still out in that deeper stuff with the cold water, so you're looking 28 to 35-foot range kind of stuff. So that's that's the main thing we've been chasing. So I'm going to ask you a question I asked another guy a couple days ago. Uh, if my obnoxious brother-in-law from out of, out of state comes up and it says one week and he really needs walleye and he absolutely insists we got to catch walleye, uh, where do we start? What do we do? Well, um, besides hire a guide. Yes. <laughs> so my I, I say go with what you're confident in my confidence is in rigging red tails or creek chubs um other guys that i know are are very comfortable with jig wrapping i'll do some of that it's not my forte but you can get fish doing it so right now i'd say you go out and you cover um water you're looking for windblown structure for the most part as a starting point Again, with those fish relating to the bait fish, what I'm looking for now is even birds on the surface, or if you mark bait balls, chances are there's going to be fish around it. So once you mark fish, that's where you go and you drop down. Most of the walleyes right now, uh, I would say that 18 to 24-foot range. I did have a day last week where we caught them as shallow as 10 feet and as deep as 35. Um, so... That kind of is the struggle with this time of the year. Those fish are so spread out. It all depends on where they're chasing the bait. So the main thing I guess I would say right now is trust your electronics. That's at least, least going to give you a starting point to set on some fish, and then you can see if they're aggressive or not from there. How hard is it uh, at times to trust the electronics? Uh, I I trust them. Um, <laughs> like, 
yesterday, for instance, I took a buddy out in the evening. We were just going to go out and have a couple beers and, you know, just get caught up and hopefully catch some fish. We marked so darn many fish, Kev. Do you think we got a walleye bite? No. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, you're kind of used to it. I have complete confidence in the electronics. I guess you just keep holding out hope when that does happen, when the fish won't bite is, again, keep trying different stuff. Maybe you're thinking that time, time, they're going to heat up. You never know. So the electronics, so I mean, that's, we do it enough where you have to trust that, whether it's your side imaging, whether your regular 2D or the new technology where you can see how they move around the live stuff. So I always tell people the two most important things are my boat or my trolling motor for boat control and your electronics for getting you on those fish and holding and see how they react. So I absolutely say you got to trust your electronics. We have a lot more to cover with Nate Blazy later, but this past weekend I had previously scheduled grandchild duties, so I was not able to get out to Rutgers Birchmont Lodge and check out the Professional Muskie Tournament Trail. So we deputized Brady Loudon of Visit Bemidji, who was there, and he interviewed the runners-up and the champs. We'll hear those conversations next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast at becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. The Professional Muskie Tournament Trail had a big event in the Bemidji area this past weekend. It was headquartered at Rutgers Birchmont Lodge. Visit Bemidji's Brady Loudon was there, and he was our official correspondent for the event. He had a chance to check in with the runners-up, Jimmy Klink, and Marcus Torgerson of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. The championship is going to be on the Chippewa Flowage, correct? So you, yeah, Chippewa. Okay, so you guys have some inside knowledge probably on those lakes, probably going into the championship? Yeah. No. No? no. <laughs> yeah, we've been up, uh, I actually grew up in the Hayward area um, in, a, in a small town called Winter. I grew up up there. Um, my dad built a cabin in 1984. So I've been going up there my entire life and yeah, and fished the Chippewa Flowage many times. Super cool. All right. Well, guys, so let's hear uh, what was the recipe for success for you guys today. Um, I, you guys ended up bringing in three muskies. What were the sizes of those muskies? Uh, Jimmy ended up getting a 38 and a 42 and a quarter, and I ended up with a 49 and a quarter to finish off our, our weekend. So Fantastic. Well, it's great to hear. And were you guys casting, trolling? What was working best for you guys today? Casting, for sure. We were casting. Awesome, cool, cool, and I, we did hear in uh, in the finale there that you guys were using some top water. And so, was there specific baits that you guys were using that you liked the best, or what were they hitting on colors, all that stuff? Yeah, color color didn't matter. Um, anything that uh, chopped the water, basically, you know. Awesome. And if you can find the uh, uh, speed they want to be, then you get them. Yeah, we did end up getting this all the fish on the same bait. Just didn't matter what color. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, threw, I threw one bait the whole time. <laughs> okay, well that's that's good to hear. So uh, as far as the weather goes for day one versus day two, did you guys put more fish in the boat versus day one or yep. two, or what was what worked for you guys? Uh, day two was big. Yeah, okay. it was huge. It should have been huger. But. Yeah, yeah, we had a, we had a front come in that that really turned the fish on. 
um, around 8.30 and then into 10.30 that it made the difference. I think for a lot of the guys, it seemed like in the you know second day was better. Okay. You know, and the top ten really changed around. So absolutely, and did we lose any fish at the side of the boat today at all? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if all of us anglers could put you know put them all in the net, <laughs> it would yeah. make a big difference. But yeah, we we ended up hooking a couple that just couldn't quite get them in there. So. Yeah, well, you still guys got still got a second place finish, which is fantastic considering all the teams that were competing today. So, is there anything else you guys want to leave out for uh, anything on Bemidji? Oh, we'll be back. Oh yeah, we'll yeah, absolutely. This is, this uh, has gotta fishery be a, is amazing, so yeah. we're really happy to. Awesome. That the DNR is taking care of it. And yeah, absolutely. We hope to see you guys back, and thanks for uh, stopping by. All right, thank you very much. All right, thank you, guys. Good day. And right after that, he checked in with the champions, the Senates, Tate and Ty, who are also from the Chippewa Flowage area. Well, it's very nice to uh, meet you guys, and what a wonderful job you guys did today. Uh, let's hear how it went. Uh, can you guys say which lakes you were fishing, or do you want to say what colors you were using, casting, trolling, all that stuff? Uh, we were casting on... Cast Lake. So awesome. We actually fished Bemidji too. We started on Bemidji, and then uh, the second day we were on Cast. Fantastic. All right. So, did you guys see more numbers on Bemidji versus Cast, or what were you guys seeing uh, mainly out there? It was actually the opposite. We saw more on Cast, and uh, we ended up catching most of our fish on Cast. So, it was a it was a, it was a good time. The weather was a little dicey at times, but it was still fun. Yeah, absolutely. So were you guys able to then uh, cast for these fish mainly and not be trolling then? Did that seem to be the ticket? Yeah, we did, all we did was cast. Okay, fantastic. And were, we, were you seeing colors primarily that were working the best, or was it seemed like everything was working? We were uh, throwing all of uh, Muskie Mayhem's bucktails. Uh, that's a lure company um, just not far from here. So uh, we were throwing their, their bucktails, and uh, color-wise we were throwing dark colors with... Uh, uh, nickel blades and copper blades uh, through some bright green blades and some chartreuse blades also but uh, a little bit of everything fantastic so and and we got all the fish in the boat or were there's the, was there some fish that were lost on the side well there was one that was lost we had a really big one that we had hooked for i don't know five to ten seconds but it just somehow came off we thought we had it pinned but Guess we didn't. So. Yeah. Well, sometimes that happens, but that's musky fishing. So you guys, how many fish did you catch total in the tournament? We caught four total, lost the one, and we probably had about oh, 15 follows. Okay, 15 follows. And out of those follows, you were catching four of those. Was there, uh, what was the biggest fish for you guys for the tournament? Uh, I think it was 42 and a half. 42 and a half. Awesome. So, and what was the final prize money for first place then again? Was there, they saying it was just under 18,000? Yeah, 17 something. That's a, almost 18. That's a pretty looking check right there. Yeah. So, that's fantastic. So, anything else you guys want to add at all? No, I just want to thank everybody here at the resort and uh, the, the PMTT in general, and Bemidji's been great to us. Awesome. Well, congratulations, guys. We were very lucky to have you guys in town, and we uh, wish you guys luck in the championship on the Chippewa Foliage. Thank you. So, Thank you. Again, we're going to talk to some championship anglers tomorrow as well. Jace Peterson and John Peterson, they won the International Falls Bass Championship this past weekend on Rainy Lake. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Nate Blazing of SW Guide Service in the Brainerd Lakes area, my guest today. Nate, one of the most interesting uh, changes I've seen in the fishing scene probably in the last five years, and really has accelerated, I would say, the last two to three years, is the number of people who are getting into bass fishing and really enjoying bass fishing. 
Um, from your perspective as a guide, what are most of your clients looking for? Are they still looking for walleyes? Yeah, everyone, well, not everyone, but I'd say 75% of the folks always say walleyes. Um, if there's kids involved, they'll say that, and then usually, you know, when you're fishing a weed line, you catch a little everything. So you read off the people. If you bend the rod and they get a bass, they get a northern, they look happy, you know, that tells you, okay, we're going to probably change up gears here and just bend the rods for them. Um, especially with people with kids, I said, you know, mid, mid-summer, mid you don't want to bore that kid. That's a great way to never get them to want to go fishing again. You get out and catch a bunch of bass that are jumping and, you know, absolutely they're hooked so that's what we usually try and do for families is let's go out and chase some bass you can do it so many different ways whether pitching artificials you know pitching a jig and minnow uh, a bobber and leech what have you so that's kind of the beauty of bass fishing um the neat thing i'd say up here is we're somewhat limited with our smallmouth populations but the last couple years we're seeing quite a few more smallies show up on gull whitefish round lake so Absolutely love smallmouth fishing. We're seeing lots of different year classes, so it appears there's some natural reproduction going on there, too. So kind of looking forward to that growth going forward. Yeah, you know, that's something we've seen up here, too, a, a real explosion in smallmouth populations on a number of lakes. And, you know, I talked to DNR folks, and they're not exactly sure why that might be happening. But uh, obviously, you know, uh, temperatures are warming, and especially this summer, water temps are warming. But that uh, that certainly helps the bass population. Yeah, I, I think that's the main contributing factor that I guess I would associate with it is the water temps just are more suitable for bass populations than walleyes. And you get a fume in there, and it just seems like they're able to reproduce a little better, and that seems to be what's happening with the populations here, which that's fine because, like I said, they're they're a hoot. I absolutely love fishing those things. Well, I think the the other thing, especially for people who live in an in area, you live in the Brainerd Lakes area, I live in the Bemidji area, there's all those out-of-the-way little hole-in-the-ground uh, lakes that we never explore. But if, we're, if we want to go bass fishing, that all of a sudden those lakes are open for us to take a look at at least. And, and, and most of the time we don't. So um, if, you, if you're open to bass fishing, you might explore some lakes that you didn't even know were there and you went past you know, every day of your life for 10 years or something. You're absolutely spot on that. And I actually got forced to do that a couple times this year. Lakes <laughs> that I've never been on, heard of just haven't had the time people staying on them and kind of force you out of your comfort zone it was so fun you know they're less pressured so they've got you know the fish are a little more fresh for catching some really nice bass lots of little northerns so absolutely go out and explore some of those small lakes i think you'd be people be very pleasantly surprised what's uh in a lot of those for fishing action Plus, you know, when you get in those where there's not a lot of traffic and maybe more surrounded by woods and a little uh, more of a natural setting, there's all those other cool things that you can see, maybe more eagles, uh, you know, turtles swimming, more loons hanging out. All of that stuff uh, is available to you in those settings as well. Yeah, it's just more peaceful. You don't have the wakeboard boats going by you and, like you said, a bunch of other stuff. So it is a little more serene, so... Back to what I consider what fishing should be, what I'm looking for when I'm fishing the peace and quiet and solitude kind of stuff. So it seems like, yeah, at this point right now, a lot of times you do have to go to those smaller lakes if you can get your boat in there. That was the limiting factor right now. A lot of those small lakes, we are just not able to get our, our larger boats into at the time. So. Well, Nate, I know that uh, we talked to Walleye Alliance, uh, uh, you know, about a month ago or so, and you've got a, you guys have a tournament coming up. Tell us about that. Yeah, we've got the Walleye Alliance Fall Classic, 
which is September 26th um, on Pelican Lake up by Breezy Point. I think it's like a $250 entry fee, two-person team. Um, it's a very low-key, you know, a low-key, but I'd say competitive tournament. We usually get anywhere from 35 to 50 people. We're capping it at 50 this year. Um, so it's a really fun event. The, the bite on Pelican this year has been very, very good. So I think that will help draw people because Pelican was a little tough there for a couple of years. They had Cormorants and the DNR was able to get rid of a bunch of them. And then through a couple of years of pretty intensive stocking, the population's doing really good out there. So fun bite last year. I think every boat caught multiple fish with a lot of limits too. And we try and release most all the fish that, that are caught there. So if you're interested, uh, look at our, our website, which is www.walleyealliance.com. Otherwise, you can just search it up on Facebook as well, and we got all the information and link to get you registered right on there. Is, uh, is this a fundraising tournament? I presume you're, you're hoping to raise some funds for something? Yeah, so it's uh, 80% payout uh, for the funds that come in. And then, just like we've done in the past, we take any of the money that we make from that or our spring banquet, and then we turn around and put that back into stocking efforts for area lakes, which we move around. We did Pelican two years ago, Gull this last spring. Um, not sure what the next lake's going to be, but then we also get back to some kid programs, support the high school fishing team, the YMCA, stuff like that. So. Any funds we get in, we turn around and put that stuff right back out into the community anyways we feel that we can help the fishing community and, and keep that strong. All right. Well, Nate, uh, people uh, listening to the show on the podcast, they could be listening from anywhere in the nation, I guess. Uh, so if they're coming to the Brainerd Lakes area and want a good guide to help them catch some fish, how can they get something lined up with you? Sure. You can give Sherry at the bait shop a call, SNW Bait Shop. I'm with SNW Guide Service. Phone number is 218. 218- Eight two nine seven zero one zero, and September's already looking real busy. So I'd say if you're wanting to come up in the area, call sooner than later. Otherwise, sure, you'll be able to. We work with quite a few guides. You'll be able to set set you up with a good guide. Once fall kicks in, obviously it's a great bite, and uh, the, the the savvy anglers know that of as well. But um, what are you seeing for for clientele in September once school's back in? Is it is it people in state, out state? Uh, who's coming to fish the Brainerd Lakes area in the autumn? Well, I'd say it's a combination. A lot of our more serious walleye fishermen book September and October. Um, along with that, though, it's also corporate season, so we do quite a few corporate events through, you know, Grandview Lodge and other resorts like that. So with that being said, we have people from all over the nation, if not all over the world, for those corporate events. So you have some very um, novice anglers and not so much. So it's a real wide variety, at least with the corporate events. Um, Our straight walleye fishing trips, again, this is usually your pretty serious fishermen that kind of every fall come up and, really like to get into it which again i go through the whole entire year looking forward to september and october the walleye bite so i am uh just drooling waiting for that to happen and those water temps get down that's my favorite time of the year so bring it on <laughs> all right he is nate blazing he is ready for autumn from snw guide service nate always great to have you on the show thanks for your insight today thanks much kev look forward to talking to you soon it's another week of great shows on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country and Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. 
The 50th anniversary of the Bemidji Ducks Unlimited Banquet is coming up this year. Just over a week away. We will talk about that later in the week. But tomorrow, more champions. The champions of the International Falls Bass Championships, Jace and John Peterson, will be here to talk about that and many other great topics. Always great when you have the Petersons in the studio. By the way, Travis and Craig Peterson, the brother combination, they finished third. So a very good weekend for the Petersons at the I-Falls Bass Championships. That's it for today. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Podcast One or the PodMN app so you can listen at your leisure and oftentimes get bonus coverage too. As always, thanks for taking some time to be here today. Good luck on the water. F-I-S-H-I-I-N-F-O-N-I-N-Country.